0: Hey, you, welcome back to Anointed Fire. My name is Tiffany Buckner, and the message for you today is don't miss your blessing. It is possible to miss your blessing, it is possible to miss God, it is possible to forsake or forego a blessing, it is possible to disqualify yourself for the next move of God. That is possible. I have seen people do that to themselves. I've seen people sabotage themselves at the last minute, right when they were at the door, the hour, the moment of breakthrough. They sat back and sabotaged themselves because of their feelings. And this is what I've been telling Christians for a long time. Get over your emotions. Get over your feelings. Don't let those things rule you. So with that being said, um, let me go ahead and preface this message with this fact and that is I am driving. on my on my way to Texas Roadhouse. Um, I got to teach two classes on tonight, and so didn't cook. Um, so I'm on my way there. So any background noise that you hear, I will try to keep it at a minimum, but I have no control over other drivers or what have you. And I'm also nine times out of ten going to have to keep this message relatively short um, because I don't want to put you guys on hold whenever the lady does come to my car. I don't want things to get weird, okay? Okay, so let's go ahead and get into this. I want to share a story with you, and I think I shared it. Um, If not, then this will be your first time hearing it, but I was telling a friend of mine on yesterday about God telling me to get a washer and dryer, a new washer and dryer. And I'm going to be honest with you, she didn't believe me. You know, she started talking, oh, Tiffany, that's you. you always making an excuse to spend money, you know, or what have you, she just kept saying, you know, no, no, that that's you. And I told her, I said, no, honestly, I wouldn't lie on God. I said, you know, and I was giving her these, you know, tidbits of confirmation, and she was like, so you read into that, or what have you. It's, you know, she was just joking around. But then I realized while talking to her in that moment that, you know, it was something that it was hard for her to believe because one thing that happens over the course of our lives is that we're so used to God doing big things that we, we count them out when it comes to the small stuff. Like, we don't think about those small things. Like, we don't think about the fact that God does care about us. God cares about our needs. Now, let me go ahead and say this. My old washing machine and dryer, there's nothing wrong with it. It wasn't broken. Neither one of them were broken or anything like that. Um, God had been on me about cleaning out the washroom. God had been on me. And I'm going to be honest with you. Why I believe God does, and I don't. I won't even sit here and tell you some of the small things that God has told me to do over the course of my life because people who are used to looking for God in a big way don't believe that God is in the details. They don't believe that God can tell you, for example, hey, I want you to go get your hair done or I want you to wear this this particular shirt. They don't believe that God will impress it upon your heart. Now, I'll tell this one story um, and then I'll leave it alone, but I have many, many stories of, of what people would think of as small encounters and, again, people would think that that's your flesh or what have you or that's just you, or it's just ironic, or what have you, but I, I've had to learn that unless a person has encountered God in a certain way, it's hard for them to believe that God does those type of miracles, but I will give this one um, example, there was this one particular time where I was getting getting dressed for church, I was looking for something to wear, I found something to wear, and when I got downstairs, like, there was this, I had a flash of this money green shirt that I had. I'm talking about I had a, fly, a flash of that shirt, and this thought came over me, like, it would be better to wear that shirt. Or that's not exactly what the thought was, but it was more so go change your shirt. I'm talking about it was heavy. I, It was heavy. But I had already gotten dressed. I was getting ready to go. Um, I was taking my dog out at that moment, but it was just overwhelming. Like, it was overwhelming. I did not change my shirt. I went to church and noticed that everybody had on Money Green. And I'm looking around, like, what's going on? And one of the girls, like, oh, you didn't know, you know, we're wearing Money Green. Now, I know somebody can say, well, that was probably in your subconscious. You heard it, and your subconscious was reminding you. Actually, I didn't even know. I didn't know at all that the church was going to be wearing um, this Money Green color. I didn't know that at all. And so that was one of my, some people would consider minor encounters with God. But I believe it's the minor encounters with God that build our faith, just like it's the small foxes that destroy the vines. The small encounters with God are what builds our faith the most because a lot of times we don't have great faith to get those great blessings, those great miracles, or have those great encounters with God. Consequently, our faith stays. And then we get a moment of great faith where we join our faith with somebody else or somebody joins their faith with us, and then we get a great miracle, and that gives us a a jolt of faith for a moment, but then we go right back to the small stuff. But God builds our faith one encounter with him at a time, and it's not always big encounters, houses and cars and husbands and wives. Sometimes it's the the small stuff. God is in the details. God is in the details. Okay, I want to tell this story. Um, guy that meant on me about cleaning out my washroom. I don't want to go into that story in this entirety. I feel like I've already shared it or what have you and it's kind of lengthy but I will say this the guy that was there to change out my hot water heater, he was the one that pulled the washing machine out of the washroom and I wasn't expecting these people to come to my house, mind you I was expecting the plumber to come to fix my bathroom but the plumber hadn't come. I got a text earlier that day, somebody woke me up ringing my doorbell, Um, ringing my ring doorbell. I didn't get a chance to talk to the man that rung the doorbell. He was a salesman. I didn't go down there to talk to him for a reason because I had just went to bed. Um, uh, To have somebody ringing my doorbell trying to stop, sell me something, I was highly annoyed, and I knew I would not have a good encounter. Like I would have probably been at that door like, hey, listen, I'm in here trying to sleep. Please don't ring. And I'm not a rude person, but that's one of the things is when you realize that, you know, I'm not feeling nice right now. I don't feel like I'm going to say anything kind. Um, You have to be very avoidant of people. So long story short, um, I ended up checking my phone trying to make sure that it wasn't the leasing company sending the folks out to fix my hot water, I mean, to fix my bathroom, and it wasn't. It turns out it was a salesman, but I did have a text message from the the company from somebody, and they were saying that they had been hired by the company to come and change my water hot water heater out.
1: They had been hired
0: by the company to come and change my hot water heater out. Well, typically the company will let me know um, about a week at minimum in advance. They'll let all the tenants know know that, you know, they're sending some people out. So that was kind of odd that they were doing that day of. Anyhow, the guys end up showing up, and they had to go into my washroom, which is where my hot water heater was. And the washroom, like I said, God had been putting it on my heart for months, y'all. I'm not lying when I say that. It's been a burden for months. They get up in there and clean out that washroom. But I kept, you know, working on other stuff, making excuses and what have you. So this man had to pull my washing machine out of the washroom, and behind the washing machine was, like, clothes and stuff that had fallen back back there that had probably be probably been back there for, like, six years, oh, four years, three years, however long. So it is to say that it was a mess up in there, and um, it didn't look like a mess. Like when you opened the door, it looked organized. But when he started pulling that stuff out, um, you could see all of that stuff. And he was laughing at me, making jokes about um, the amount of detergent and stuff like that I had, or what have you. So long story short, we had a really cool encounter. Um, I told him to leave the washing machine out. I said that's I, – I didn't use the word confirmation because I didn't believe he was a Christian. Um, so I didn't want to use Christianese on the dude. But I used the, the terminology, I said, that's my sign. And I, I was like, that's my sign, to go ahead and go get that washing machine and dryer that I saw when I walked into Home Depot that day and looking for one thing, and that thing just turned there bumped me. Uh, well, I almost bumped into it. I'm looking at this washing machine and dryer, and I felt this burden to just, you know, start looking at them um, and to get something or what have you. And I told him, I said, that's my sign, that's my sign, to go ahead so no, don't 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 put that stuff back in the washroom. Don't put that wash machine back in the washroom. Don't do none of that. I'm gonna take that as a sign to go ahead and do what I need to do. Long story short, he said, oh, he said, well, uh, I'm tempted to give you my phone number because I need a wash machine and dryer um, for my guest house. He said that his wife, he said he has an Airbnb connected to his house. So I'm thinking it's like a, an outhouse in the backyard or what have you. He has an Airbnb uh, connected to his house. And um, when it came down to the Airbnb, um, what did he say? He has an Airbnb connected to his house, and he has a washing machine and dryer in his house, and the residents, they are oftentimes coming into his house to wash clothes. He said it had not been a problem in times past because people will let him know in advance, hey, I'm coming there, you know, tomorrow at this time to wash clothes or what have you, he said, but, you know, uh, recently, He's been having problems with, like, I guess his new tenants or what have you, um, they just pop up, you know, to wash their clothes. And he said
1: a lot of times his
0: wife is at home alone and she's not comfortable. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad to be of help, you know, in a situation like that. I was like, yeah. So, yeah, you can, I said, give me your number. You can definitely have the washing machine and the dryer. You can have it or what have you. And I thought that. You know, he would comply. And this was on a Tuesday. So this is the first mistake he made. He tells me, he was like, yeah, um, I won't be able to come pick it up. He said, here's my information. I'm going out of town on tomorrow. I won't be able to come pick it up until uh, not this weekend but next week. Each. Y'all, that's during the two weeks. Now, mind you, here's the thing. I literally had a basket full of clothes, like overflowing full of clothes, sitting on the floor at that time because I planned to wash that day. I had brought that stuff down the night before to remind myself to wash because I was overflowing. with. It was time for me to wash, okay? It was time for me to wash. It was about two loads in that basket. It was time for me to wash. So I got this stuff packed out, sitting there, and this man telling me it's going to be darn near another two weeks. Now, I I talked class that night. I knew I had class coming up. So I, I honestly, I should have went ahead and a made a date with him to try to get him to come back that night. Um, But I didn't because I had a class to teach or what have you. And I didn't know how long, you know, or what have you, that he was going to come. And it was going to be the first class on Idaltry. I didn't want to have to reschedule or what have you. The first lesson I want to say is this. You know, one thing I noticed I kind of felt like here it is. When somebody's trying to bless you, you're, the person that's blessing you is the one that sets the time. That's the person that, you know, and then y'all compromise on what's a good time. I felt like he was setting boundaries with me as if I was I was supposed to do that for him. You know, that was for me. But, you know, I understood he was going out of town or what have you. So when I go to Home Depot, um, and I'm going to have to come back. I, I'm at this restaurant, so let me go ahead and put this in. No, matter of fact, I'll – let me see. Okay, you know what? I'll just try to go about it this way. I'll try to go about it this way. Okay, give me a second, guys. I am at this restaurant, and you have to text them here and the parking space that you're in to give me some of the unprofessionalism of that or what have you. So, okay, so I'll wait till they come out, and then I'll, I'll go ahead and move into part two when they come out, after they come out or what have you. So, what ends up happening is now, again, when somebody's trying to bless you, you try to find a way to get the blessing. Because a washing machine and a dryer is not a small blessing, okay? Uh, That's not a small thing, especially if you say, hey, I've been needing this. That means God is trying to answer your prayers, but again, you can mess around and miss a miracle. You can mess around and miss a blessing that God wants to give you simply because you don't have the right heart or the right attitude because you're dealing with entitlement. So, this guy. That was the frustrating part for me. You know, I'm just like, I have a camera, and I mentioned it to him. I said, I have this camera, so it's going to be on my camera. When I'm trying to record, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to come get it until um, next weekend. So finally, I was like, okay. You know, for me, I'm a giver. I want to be a blessing, what have you. I figure I have to try to make, you know, try to make way, or what have you. But I also kept thinking about it like, man, you got two loads of clothes already to wash two weeks you're going to be buried on the clothes because the washing machine was unplugged. And, you know, now sitting in the middle of my living room floor, I'm thinking to myself this right here. So I go to Home Depot that Thursday. It was Wednesday or Thursday. I go to Home Depot, and, they, um, and I go ahead and I purchase a new washing machine and dryer. And they said they can't deliver it until Thursday of next week. So I'm just thinking, dang, that's seven more days. Nevertheless, there's nothing I can say, nothing I can do, so I sign off on it or what have you. I text the guy. I said, hey, Home um, Depot said they're coming on Thursday. Is there a way you can get here to get the washing machine and dryer? Um, that way I can have it out of the way. Now, mind you, they would tote the stuff away for you, and I think it's pre- it's probably free or what have you. They would tote your old washing machine and dryer away. So my thought process then was, A, I don't want to have to end up paying somebody to come and tote this stuff away when, you know, you said you were going to get it. If you're not going to get it, let me go ahead and find somebody else to bless with it or let me go ahead and get rid of it, you know, in another way. Let me go ahead and let them tote it away. What ends up happening is this guy, he texted me back. He was like, nope, won't be able to get it to Saturday. Again, I feel like he's setting boundaries with me. I'm I'm supposed to be the one setting the boundaries or what have you, but, again, he had already said, he'd be out of town, so I figured, okay, he's out of town. Um, there's nothing really I can do. So I texted him back. I said, okay. They come out as promised, as planned, and they install my new washing machine and dryer. Everything is good, but I got this big old eyesore in the middle of my living room, two big eyesores at this point, a uh, washing machine and dryer. So now I'm having to do videos and put this little uh, divider up in, in the middle of what have you, my house. It just started looking like a mess up in there. It was really uncomfortable. So the, I'm, I'm noticing that there's no real pursuit. You know, usually when somebody's trying to get blessed, they're going to make sure that you go, hey, I just want to give you confirmation. I'm coming to you. There's no real pursuit. There's nothing. This man is not communicating with me. It's almost as if I owe him that. It's almost as if I owe him that. He was a nice guy, but entitlement is a disease of the mind. So long story short, I sit back. Um, come Saturday, I get up around 11 a.m., I get up around 11 a.m. and I check my phone to see if he has texted me. No text, no call, no nothing, so I text him. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I pursuing him to bless him? Why am I pursuing him to bless him? So I text him and say, hey, I just want to confirm um, that you're coming to get the washing machine and dry today. Please let me know what time. And then I give him a window of time that, you know, will be good. He doesn't respond. I make it up in my mind. I'm going to church on tomorrow. Listen, I'm going to ask somebody. I'm going to ask a couple of folks. I'm going to ask somebody today. Forget that. I'm going to see if somebody else wants a washing machine and dryer. If he doesn't respond by the end of the day, that was my plan. If he doesn't respond by the end of the day, I'm going to bless somebody else with this because I'm not about to play these games because I don't owe you nothing. So long story short, but to love you. According to the Bible, you owe no man nothing but to love him. Long story short by nine something that night i still ain't heard nothing bro bro man i hadn't heard a single thing or what have you so i end up texting um somebody and ask them hey you need a wash machine and dry you know anybody was like hey i need one i'm like okay cool you can have it um and then the person i texted was like okay I, I won't be able to get it till tuesday now this was um saturday night and while it was not exciting to think about how holding on to it for another few days. I'm like, it is what it is, you know. Um, So I went ahead and I agreed to it. I was like, yeah, not a problem, and what have you? So because I knew that, you know, the person doesn't have a truck away, so they had to make arrangements for it, what have you? The next day I'm in church. I get a text message from the guy. Hey, sorry, I missed you yesterday. Um, Are you available for today for me to come pick up, up the washing machine and dry? Now, mind you, he had locked up his drill thing at my house as well. And I text him back. I said, no, I'm sorry. I apologize, I've already um, promised to wash and dry to somebody else. I was sure you changed your mind about it, but you are welcome to come and pick up your, your drill thing or what have you. So he came by, he picked that up or what have you. We talked outside, we chatted outside for a minute. He didn't say, hey, I apologize, none of that. And he don't owe me an apology. That's just a, something that you do out of courtesy, out of courtesy. Oh, what have you? He just told me that, you know, they were they went to Florida, they got back away from the hurricane and all that. And I'm like, Praise God that you got here safely. Oh, what have you? But I am saying that to say this. It is possible to miss your blessing. Because yes, I did not I did not give that washing machine and dryer to him. I gave it to the other person that I promised it to. That person showed up on Tuesday, um and got it or what have you, I gave it to the other person that I promised it to. Uh, I wasn't gonna turn around and reach out to that person and say, "Hey, well, it looks like the guy showed up, or what have you." So you can no, you. Whenever God's trying to bless you, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say this. It is sad to me that people have to be taught how to be blessed. It is sad to me that the majority of people, and I'm not lying when I say that. You may sit back and say, "Not me." No, in all our honesty, the majority of people on the face of this planet cannot be blessed, don't know how to be blessed because they wrestle with entitlement, they 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 deal with a lack of gratitude. The Bible, and I came across the scripture where God said in the last days people will be unthankful. And I'm like, I just got through experiencing that. And I experienced that as a giver quite a bit. You know, you come across people who don't, they, they lack the ability to, to, to experience, like, that's what entitlement does. They lack the ability to appreciate the people in their lives, the blessings. They lack the ability to appreciate what God is trying to do in their lives. Consequently, they're always losing. They're always losing opportunities and blessings and, and, and relationships, good, godly relationships. They're always losing because they lack the ability to appreciate a thing. They lack the ability to, to honor uh, what God is doing in their lives. They lack the ability to realize that, hey, God doesn't owe you this. They just see everything as you're doing it because you're supposed to. You're doing it because, you know, I'm a good person. I'll be right back. Okay, part two. So I left off when I was talking about don't miss your blessing. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your opportunity. Another thing I want to go ahead and say is this, is that there are certain certain people, there are some people on the face of this planet that are literally anointed to give. Typically they become hoarders when they've been broken and perverted and twisted and they don't know the purpose of their gifting, but they have been anointed by God to be givers. They've been anointed to, to give or what have you. Um, And if a person has been anointed to give, this is a person who's going to be very giving. Um, This is going to be a person who's very loving or what have you. Um, And this is going to be a person who, in many cases, deals with the trauma because they deal with trauma of takers. They are producers. These are people that, you know, anytime you look around, they'll give you literally, like if they have a hamburger, they'll give it to you. If you're hungry, they'll give you the entirety of their hamburger. They'll say, no, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. These are people who are anointed to give, and I'm going to tell you something about them again. Most of the time, they deal with a great deal of trauma because most people are takers, and when you're dealing with takers, takers uh, typically lack the ability to appreciate. They lack uh, the ability to, um, most of the time when you're dealing with takers, takers actually lack the ability to stop taking. They're going to keep showing up, and a lot of givers don't know how to say stop, They don't know how. A lot of times they're just too nice. They don't know how to stop or what have you, so they end up dealing with trauma as a result of that. So I'm saying that to say one thing I've learned, because God gives us a measure of his nature, and that's one of God's natures. Uh, The giver has one of the natures of God. The giver can tell you why you're not blessed. I am not lying when I tell you that. The giver can tell you why your money is looking funny. The giver can tell you a lot of things about yourself, because the giver knows what it means to want to give. Because the giver has a heart of giving. And I'm going to tell you something. Most of the times when you're dealing with a giver, givers get frustrated. If if I'm trying to give you something and it becomes frustrating, God loves a cheerful giver. Most givers are cheerful. They're excited. They want to be a blessing. They love being a blessing. But do you know that you can take something that they were excited about and make it into something that they dread. I'm talking about you can turn around and take a moment where just like going back to the washing machine example. I'm excited about giving it. I was excited excited about giving it to that guy, especially after he told me his story. I wanted it to be a blessing, genuinely wholeheartedly, wanting nothing in return. The emotion itself, the emotion itself it's our reward, right? And, of course, we get the favor and the blessings of God, but the feeling is our reward. We get to watch you smile. We get to be excited that we were, you know, able to help you at some area of your life. That's what we get. But you can turn around and make it a dreadful thing. Make us regret giving You can make us say I don't want to ever give anything To you for the rest of my life I refuse to give anything to you for the rest of my life Because you don't know how to receive You don't have the heart of receiving The heart of a receiver The heart of someone that God wants to bless I'll give you an example Going back to the guy with the washing machine It went from being an exciting Exciting event Forgive me I'm driving at But it went from being an exciting event To one that was frustrating Because here I was trying to chase him down to bless him. Here I was sitting here trying to make sure that I honor my word. All the while, I'm the one being inconvenienced. And you may say, well, Tiffany, what if he truly was going to be out of town for two weeks and, you know, uh, he didn't have a way. I'm going to tell you something. When somebody's trying to bless you, baby, you better find a way. Because sometimes you never want your blessing to inconvenience another person. You never want the blessing that somebody's trying to give you to inconvenience them. You never want the blessing to inconvenience the blesser. You never want to do that because then it turns from being something that they're cheerful about doing to something that's traumatic or something that they dread doing. And when it gets to that spot, you can bet you, by golly, wow, that person won't give you anything else. I'm going to tell you something. If it gets to that spot, that person can have a thousand other things in the house that they're like, you know what, I'm going to ask them if they want this. I'm going to ask them if they want this, 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 this. But you know what? they're not gonna give it to you. They will try to honor their words, but they won't give that stuff to you because right then and there they don't feel the joy of... okay. I'm sorry guys, this is Amazon driver's doing some weird stuff. They don't feel the joy of the Lord as it relates to giving anymore. They don't they're not being a cheerful giver anymore. And they don't even wanna give you what they promised you. They just wanna honor their word. But they don't even want to give that to you anymore because you're showing a lack of gratitude. And a lot of times what happens is we'll look for a window of opportunity to bless somebody else with it. All all you got to do is remit. All you have to do is not fulfill your end of the bargain. We are looking for somebody else. And it, it, it helps me to understand that, you know what, God, while he loves us, God, while he wants to bless us, God, while he wants to see us living in abundance, Whenever we're not doing right, God will use that opportunity to give that to somebody else who's grateful. He will use that opportunity to take the crown off of Saul's head and place it on David's head because Saul was over there not wanting to repent, wanting to do everything that God told him not to do, not being gracious of what he already has. God has already blessed Saul. Saul is the king or was the king of Israel. He's sitting here. The man got wives, concubines. He's got wealth. He's got power. He has everything. And God tells him, hey, listen, go into this land, kill everything, and kill everybody, including the king. And he leaves the king alive, and he doesn't kill the sheep. Like God told him, these guys he was looking up to thinking of himself, you know what, I love how, uh, I love his swag, (laughs) I love how he is as a king, because there was no reason to keep keep that particular king alive, and if you don't know that king represented, even though this is a human, these were human encounters, uh, that king represented a strong man, it represented a strong man, and if you learn anything about deliverance, if you uh, cast out demons but you don't deal with the strong man, the strong man will go back out there and build another army of demons, Um, he will come. Not only will he come back, um, because he wasn't cast out, he will go out and bring out, bring seven more spirits, more wicked than the ones that got cast out. And the last day that, that man's gonna be worse than the first. He gonna build him up a stronger army, or what have you. So that was that. I'm saying this to say this, man. Listen, ask God this. This is your prayer. Your prayer point. This is your homework. Ask God. Teach me how to be blessed. Honestly, ask him, because you you may think that you know how to. Most people think that they know how to be blessed because they know how to receive. Like, they know how to take something out of your hands. They know how to say thank you. No, but you know what? You may not have the heart for a blessing. Maybe you'll get entitled. Maybe you'll get, you know, beside yourself or what have you. Ask God to teach you how to be blessed. Maybe you may sit back and become one of those people who your teeth come out. I, tell, I told this to a sister in Christ one time. I said one thing I've learned. I said, you know, when people find an area of your life that's unguarded or an area of your life that's blessed or what have you. If they have no control of themselves in that area, if you don't have a boundary up, I said those same people that look like nice, cute sheep, huh, they got them fangs gonna come out and they will eat you alive in that area. You know, if you, for example, don't have a boundary up around your money, and somebody says, Hey, can I borrow five dollars? And you give it to them, and they never give it back, and they come back and say, Hey, you know my situation, can I borrow ten dollars? And you give it to them, then over the course of time, that person is going to eat you up financially. That person, over the course of time, that person is going to keep coming into the area and borrowing money. And not only are they going to borrow money or pretty much take it, they're going to become entitled. And when they start becoming entitled, they're going to start having an attitude with you. And they'll even get to the point where they'll start feeling like your money is their money. Um, They'll start attacking you uh, or wanting to physically assault you, threatening you um, whenever you say no or if you say no or if you don't give um, them the amount that they want because you didn't put a boundary up. It's very similar to a man who beats a woman. I always tell women this, you know, and it's the same for guys. If a woman hits a man, um, once a person hits you, you need to get out of that situation because the minute you allow it, that person actually starts feeling a sense of ownership of your body. That person starts feeling like they have the right to hit you. They feel like they have the right, the right to assault you. They feel like they have the right, and over the course of time, that right, that power they feel like they have over you is going to keep growing until they feel like they have the right to murder you. So they feel like they have the right to murder you because they feel like your body is their property. They objectify you. They have demeaned or diminished the human part of you, um, the, the person that you are, and they have reduced you down to nothing but uh, an object, a you. So that's my thing. That's my TED Talk for today. Listen, y'all, I've learned. I'm watching the people around me be blessed, y'all. Seriously. People that know how to be blessed, right? But I've realized that a lot of people don't know how to, and I honestly realize, too, that I've been trying, I've been honestly spending years trying to teach people how to be blessed. I realize that now. I've been trying to teach people how, and, you know, something most people don't know how to because of their hearts, because of their um, rejection, because of their insecurities, because of their idolatries, because of their fears, all of those things. Uh, come in tandem to keep a person from being uh, repeatedly blessed. God's desire is to bless. I discovered that God is going about literally looking for people to bless. Like, he's like, I want to bless you, I want to bless you. But then he has to look at your capacity. He has to look at your capacity. And just like, you know, he tests the Spirit, God can test you to see how you will handle a blessing. Sometimes it's a small blessing that he'll send you away. And if you're not grateful, if you're not showing honor, if you're not repeatedly, you know, just, uh, being a blessing and doing what you're supposed to do, then God can withdraw that blessing or allow you to keep that small blessing that you have um, in exchange for what you could have got. I've had people that come near me, and I kid you not, they got small blessings from me and they thought that that was all they can get, and at the end of the day they messed it up, and they could have gotten something way greater, something bigger, not from me, but because God wanted to bless them through their connection, because the, God does bless people through their connections, That's why, God can bless you because of who you're connected to, um, but one of the things you have to do is you got to repeatedly show honor and do the right thing um, in order to tap into those blessings, and one of the things that you want to do to repeatedly show honor is that you got to remind yourself of what that person has been in your life, and you got to hold on to your gratitude, because that's what the enemy is going to come for, anyhow, that's all I got for you, I love you, I hope this message blessed you, and God you.